In September, I knew Christmas was coming, but in September, I began to ask the Lord to give me something fresh. And you know when you ask the Lord for something fresh and you start reading the scriptures, what does he do? He gives you something fresh, doesn't he? And so I, I've got something to share with you that I've never shared before. I've never seen it. I've never seen this before in the Christmas story. And I've been doing this story now for 30-some years. So I want to tell you, though, three stories, first of all, that actually fit with the Christmas story. And you're going to go with each one of these stories. You're going to think, how in the world does this fit with Christmas? So say that out loud. How in the world does that fit with Christmas? I'm so glad you asked. The sales manager had all of his salesmen in the room. They were having a sales meeting. So can you see the room? Room, all salesmen, saleswomen, salesmen, sales manager. And he said to them, this isn't going well. Performances are poor. I'm tired of your excuses. And then he spots a retired NFL player in the room as a new recruit. And he said to him, hey, Jimmy. What happens if, you know, like the team isn't winning? You just replace all of the players, right? And that question kind of hung heavy in the air for just a second. And the football player said, well, actually, sir, if the whole team isn't doing well, we get a new coach. (laughs) I love that story. But it fits. That's story number one. Don Stevenson is the chairman and CEO of Global Hospitality Resources in San Diego, California. And Don Stevenson and his company get involved when a hotel's about to go bankrupt or some hospitality organization's not doing well. And he says, we do two things. Anytime a hotel's about to go bankrupt or something, we we do two things. Number one, we get all the staff together and we train them. We train the entire staff better customer service relationships. Number two, we fire the leader. And Max, John Maxwell saw that, and John Maxwell calls him up and says, you fire the leader? Don't you, like, interview the leader? Don't you find out whether or not he's a good leader? And, and Don Stevenson said, if he was a good leader, you know where this is going. If he was a good leader, the organization wouldn't be in the mess that it's in. Story number two, we're coming to Christmas. T.D. Jakes. How many of you know who T.D. Jakes is? Uh, African-American pastor, big black guy, and on, you know, if you're flipping through the channels, if you're ever looking through there, you will see T.D. Jakes in the most flamboyant suits of all time. I mean, he's got orange suits, he's got red suits. We were flipping through one night, and I said to Danita, I said, look at that suit, I want to get one of those. <laughs> Danita said, not on my watch, you're not, I don't think so. Anyway, he's, he's an just incredible pastor, great leader, and T.D. Jake says this. If you have a pastor who has the capacity for 100, to lead a church of 100, and you give him or he inherits a church of 1,000, he will lose 900 members in the next couple of years. If you have a pastor, though, who has the capacity for 1,000, and he inherits or gets a church of 100, That church will grow 900 people within the next couple of years. And then he said this, everything's determined by the quality of your leadership. And we know that's true. John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. What has that got to do with the Christmas story? I've never seen before there's the right kind of leaders and there's the wrong kind of leaders in the Christmas story. We're going to talk about that. Because it's critical that you're the right kind of leader. 
You say, well, I'm a mom. Yeah, you're a mom. You're a leader. Well, I'm a stay-at-home dad. You're a leader. Well, I'm in this business or company. Yeah, everybody in the room is a leader because leadership's about influence. Every single one of us in this room are leaders, and the better leader that you are, everybody gets blessed or everybody gets hurt if you're not a good leader. And so in the Christmas story, there are the right kind of leaders, and there are the wrong kind of leaders. And when the wrong kind of leaders are in place, there's still movement, there's still growth, there's still great things that happen, so to speak, on the bottom line, but everybody gets hurt and nobody's safe. And when there are the right kind of leaders, well, it's a game changer. You know, we always size up leaders. If your little girl is going into the first grade, you are sizing up that first grade teacher. And you're asking yourself, is she the right kind of leader for my little girl? Your, your son going to play baseball. He's in the fifth grade or sixth grade. He's on a new team. You're asking yourself, is that coach the right coach to coach my son? We size everybody up. You get a new supervisor. You get new employees who can either help or hurt. Everybody's sizing up everybody in every organization. And so what we do then is we have a tendency to look outside of ourselves at the people that are all around us, and we're trying to figure out if the people all around us are the right kind of leaders or they're the wrong kind of leaders. Wrong kind of leaders. That's good. That's another day. Today what I want you to do is I want you to look inside yourself. Now, this is going to take some courage. Today I want you to look inside of you and ask yourself, am I the right kind of leader? At home, in the neighborhood, at the school, if you're a nurse, at the hospital, if you're a teacher, am I the right kind of leader? And to look inside takes a lot of courage, but there's great news. Joseph, in our story today, is absolutely the right kind of leader. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk a little bit more about this story. Herod, in our story today, he's the wrong kind of leader, hands down. And when there's the wrong kind of leader, nobody's safe, everybody's nervous, nobody feels really good about themselves. So what is leadership? Well, there's 50 different definitions of leadership. I like the one the U.S. Army has. The U.S. Army, if you've got your phones, turn to your app. All this is on your app, most of it at least. Here it is. U.S. Army says leadership is influencing people. And that's really my point today of the Christmas story. Every one of you are influencers. Every one of you are influencing your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, you are influencing every person you come in contact with. Leadership is basically influencing people. And, and shouldn't we be like the greatest catalysts of all time? We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Shouldn't we become the greatest leaders of all time? Because we have this unfair advantage. We have the Holy Spirit that's come to live inside of us, and, and to be honest. So leadership is influencing people. And then I, I almost think you could scratch out U.S. Army and put in there the Great Commission. Because this honestly is the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 20, to go into all the world, 
baptize, make disciples, and teach people to obey. This is the Great Commission. The Great Commission provides purpose, direction, and motivation. The Great Commission tells us to go into all the world. How can I go into all the world when I can't even go into my home? I can't even influence my neighbors. And so today, I want to challenge us to look inside of ourselves. And Jesus will provide purpose, direction, and motivation. That's the Holy Spirit. While operating to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. That's the church. So the U.S. Army, I think they plagiarized. (laughs) I don't even know if they knew that or not, but that's about as scriptural and as biblical as it comes from the Great Commission. So the right type of leader the wrong kind of leader. Who are you? And are you the right type of leader most of the time? And when and where might you be the wrong kind of leader? You see, what's at stake? Your family, your legacy, your destiny, all the people around you. There's a lot at stake. So let's start with the wrong kind of leader, and that would be Herod. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, get up. Take the child, his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. In two weeks, we're going to talk this much about Herod. I'm going to talk about Herod. You wouldn't believe. You know about him murdering about 200 baby boys around Bethlehem. Maybe you don't know the rest of the story. I want to tell you the rest of the story in about two weeks about King Herod. But Herod's the wrong kind of leader. And and you've been around the wrong kind of leaders. You've had the wrong kind of leaders. They're a supervisor. They're a boss. They're above you. They're below you. They're beside you. Uh, Hopefully, they're not. You're not married to this. If you are, you're in trouble. But anyway, um, the, the the wrong kind of leaders exist. We all have felt it. We've all experienced it. We've all rubbed shoulders with the wrong kind of leaders. And the wrong kind of leaders are just always angry. Herod was angry. Because he was always threatened. And the wrong kind of leaders just breed fear. Now, you can breed fear, but it doesn't motivate people very long. And you really can't motivate people out of fear. They're going to leave, go somewhere else, talk about you, hurt your witness. Herod was a controller. Controlled everything and everybody. He was deceitful. Everybody was fearful and afraid to be around him. He intimidated. He killed. He murdered so many people. Again, I don't want to give you the rest of the story today. You know about the couple hundred baby boys around Bethlehem. Everybody around Herod was in trouble. Caesar Augustus said it was safer to be Herod's pig than to be in Herod's family. Not a very good compliment, was it? Let's talk about Joseph. Joseph was the right kind of leader. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to start thinking about what did Joseph do right and you want to emulate and imitate. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, don't you wonder how that conversation went? (laughs) I got great news, Joseph. And Joseph's going, oh, good. You know, you got a new dress for the wedding. And she said, said, what is it? I'm pregnant. What? Yeah, and it's by the Holy Spirit. I mean, how did that conversation go? That would be so difficult to try to grasp and communicate. But Joseph was the right kind of leader. He did not kill her on the spot. 
Sorry. <laughs> because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Oh, my gosh, what a leader. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So it took a dream for it to get, get confirmed that really what's going on is really true and accurate and, and above boards. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. All right, what did Joseph do right? What, what can you do right? If you want to become a better leader and have greater influence and help people, to know Jesus and help people to come to Christ and help people to come to church and help people to look to, to the Holy Spirit to solve their problems, what, what can you do? Well, here's what Joseph did right. Number one, he, he's in the story. He's not out of the story. On Christmas Eve, we'll have five or 6,000 people here, and 1,500 or 2,000 of them are outside of the story, and they don't even want to be in the story. They just want to read the story. They, they just want to hear the story. Now, now, that's not you. Because you're here on a Sunday morning. You're, you're not out of the story. You're, you're in the story. It's kind of like Sunday night service or preaching to the choir. I'm not going to, you know, because you're here. You're the ones that are in the story. And what other story do you want to be in? There's not a better story. There isn't a story better than this story for you ever to be in. You today are writing holy history. And this is the only story that will be told forever and forever and forever. You're in the story. And we all get to be in the story. And so we know some of the things that we get to do that are in the story, but we don't know most of what you do that's, that's still in the story outside of here. I'm so impressed that you brought in 1,812 boxes for Operation Christmas Child, which means... 1,800 kids get a Christmas present who would not have gotten a Christmas present because of you. That's amazing. There's, there's three different events and venues that we're doing mentoring around here. Public schools, Maddie Williams, and the Youth Sheriff's Ranch. And we have, we have harborsiders doing that every single week because they're in the story. You're in the story. You're doing things that, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you live. I don't know where you work. I don't know what you're doing in the story. But you're in the story, and you're involved, and you're engaged. The right kind of leader is always in the story. And the right kind of leader is always in the right story. There's a whole bunch of stories you could be writing today. Those are the wrong stories. This is the right story. What else did Joseph do well? He was chosen. Now, I'll be real honest with you. I would never have hired Joseph, would you? I mean, he comes from his, I mean, to be the father, the stepfather of the Messiah, would you have hired Joseph? I wouldn't have. doesn't have any education. He doesn't have any skill, hardly any skills. He comes from a, a backwards town. I mean, we'd have picked somebody from Rome or Jerusalem. We wouldn't have picked Bethlehem or Nazareth. We wouldn't have picked those towns. 
It's amazing. He was chosen. You're chosen. Every one of you in this room are chosen. You've been chosen by God. You've been chosen by your Heavenly Father to bring Him glory and to bear Him much fruit. We're chosen. We are absolutely chosen. That's, that's good news. He responds well in a crisis. When she told him that she was pregnant, he could have had her killed. He could have had her stoned. And he chose to do this rather quietly. He, he, he chose to do this in a way that, I mean, there was, there was heartache. He put yourself in Joseph's shoes before the angel came to him. This was his dream. This was his girl. This was his princess. And she's trying to tell him some cockamamie story that she just know, he just knows can't be true. The Holy Spirit did this? Yeah, right. Put yourself in Joseph. And he handled it. He responds really well. See, the right kind of leader responds well in a crisis. The right kind of leader knows, understands, is educated, keeps studying, keeps learning. Joseph knew the law. He was well equipped with the scriptures. We're, we're excited this whole year, but January, we're going to do a 21-day fast. We're going to do scripture reading programs together. We're going to do a mini conference on a Friday night and Saturday night and on a Sunday morning. We're, we're excited about starting because we're going to learn. We're going to grow and we're going to do some of this together. And it's going to be an absolutely great opportunity for all of us to learn and to grow and to understand and to know the scriptures. He takes the high road. Herod never took the high road. Every time in history, Herod took the low road. He took the high road, Joseph did. And he just kind of knew, like, like, like what to do. We lost... Uh, Number 41, President Herbert Walker Bush, yesterday morning. What a great man. What a patriot. What a man who served our country for 70 years. Vice president for eight, president for four, a congressman, head of the CIA, got shot down flying airplanes in WW2. What a patriot. He and Barbara were married for 73 years. I can't imagine being married 73 years, can you? I guess I just didn't take the high road. But, but what I mean is, that's a long time. That's a, that's, honey, that's a long time, 73 years. We got a long ways to go for that. But, but here was a great guy. He just took the high road. And you know what he did when he got beat by President Bill Clinton? The first letter and the last letter tells it all about President Bush. The last letter that President H.W. Bush, number 41, wrote left it on the Oval Office desk as President Bill Clinton gets sworn in and he comes in. The first letter is by President Bush. And the last line of the first letter says, I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for you, Mr. Clinton. You are now my president. He, always, he got beat. He won the Gulf War. Vice president for eight, president for four, and he loses. And he takes what? the high road. That's a leader. That's the right kind of leader. And Herod, in two weeks from now, I think it's kind of funny. We name our kids Matthew and Luke, and we name our dogs Herod. <laughs> that's kind of funny, isn't it? Anyway, that'll preach. 
And he warrants a heavenly vision. He gets a vision from God because he was in God's will. I, I want you to think about those things. And he does this, he, he listens, and he obeys the message. I, I want you to pick one of those. I'm going to talk for a couple more minutes, but I want you to pick one of those. What's, what's just one of those that will help you become the right kind of leader? in a better way, that will help you to have more, more influence, that if you embrace this. Now, now let's talk about how we do this, because there's, there's two ways, and one is good, and one is fantastic. So one of the ways that we embrace this is the hard way, but it still works. It's called principles. And so a lot of churches are talking about principles, 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 and there's nothing wrong with principles, and I'll keep talking about principles. But, but that's the hard way. You're just kind of figuring out something that you need to do, and you just keep working, 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 until you finally get there. That, that's the hard way. Let's talk about the breakthrough way. Let's talk about the supernatural way. Let's talk about not living out of your experience, but living out of what's called truth. Big difference. Most of my Christian life, I have lived out of my experience but I'm seeing that there is something far bigger and far greater. It's called truth, 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 truth. So when the angel says, actually when Mary said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And here's what the angel said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Now see, you can do it on your own. Eventually, maybe, hard way, painful, striving. Or the Holy Spirit can come upon you. It's time for a breakthrough. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. It's time for a breakthrough. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. I've struggled with this for 40 years. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. I didn't even know this was a problem. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. She said, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. What does this mean? There's so much power available to you and I. Principles are great. Principles are great, but it's this personal relationship which will change everything. Now, I don't know where the breakthroughs are that you need, but I know the excuses you can keep making. I know the excuses you keep giving because I keep hearing them. But I know that if the Holy Spirit can come upon Mary and can overshadow her, well, it's not the only verse of Scripture. Let's keep going. Jesus was baptized in Mark chapter 1. Verses 9 and 10, it says that he went down into the water, and when he came up out of the water, the heavens were torn open, and the Spirit came down and rested on Jesus in the form of a dove. At that moment, it was the fulfillment, basically, of what Jesus prayed later in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Could heaven have an agenda for you that you're not living up to? Absolutely. It's called leadership. It's called influence. It's called more. It means God has so much more in store for you. And the Holy Spirit now is like an open heaven. And it says this. It says the heavens were torn open. I bet most of your Christian experience is you living out of your experience. I bet it's not you living out of what's called truth. It's what you can do and how good you are and how gifted you are and how you keep making 
minuscule improvements on your skill sets. But what can the Holy Spirit do in you and through you and among you? So we live today under this open heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, let's keep going. John, why in the world are you baptizing? Are you the Messiah? No. Are you one of the prophets? No. Why are you baptizing? He said, look, I, I baptize you with water, but there's coming somebody. And when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. My friends, I bet there are so many more breakthroughs in store for you that you can't even dream or imagine. It's not you figuring it out or just picking a principle. It is the power of the Most High overshadowing you. Yesterday, I had the funeral for the right kind of leader who died six weeks ago. Rich Googe, a great leader, the right kind of leader, a man that I just dearly loved, known so well the last six years, passed away. And so I, I appear, you know, funerals, I usually go to the causeway and walk after funerals. Because, first of all, I love to walk and pray. Danita can sit for an hour and pray. I can't sit for an hour. I will crystallize anywhere in an hour. But I, I like to walk and pray. Praying and walking works for me. So after a funeral, I appear all big and bad at the funeral. But I go out to the causeway and just cry. My heart is just broken when you lose the right kind of leader. And, and, and you love these people and you know them, and it doesn't get any easier the longer you're a pastor. In fact, it gets harder because you actually fall in love with these people. So I'm out at the causeway and I'm walking, and I'm praying, walking, praying, walking, walking, praying, and I come to the drawbridge. Are you with me? You know where I'm at, the drawbridge? Okay, it didn't open up and I didn't fall down, though nothing like that happened. But, but I'm at the drawbridge. And the wind yesterday is blowing about 25, 28 miles an hour. It's coming from the south. And I just, I stood there at that pinnacle point on the drawbridge, and I just felt the, the wind, the power of the wind almost push me back into the road. And I thought, that's what God wants to do in my life and your life. The power of the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. And the power of the Holy Spirit wants to overshadow you. The power, the power, the Holy Spirit, He wants to blow on you. And when he blows on you, it's, it's not nearly as hard for growth to take place. You're really more like submitting to that, and you're surrendering to that, and, and there's still peace when, when, when that happens. You're surrounded at this church by the right kind of leaders. I've worked with our CFO for 15 years. He's the most honest, godly, biblical man. I, I get to work with him every single week. Our chairman of our elders, incredible leader. He's had cancer for 21 years. 21 years. He's in the fight. He's in the battle. And he loves Jesus. And he loves me. I don't know why. And he loves this church. And we're in, I'm surrounded. This church has 120 connect group leaders. This church has an amazing group of staff members who are on fire. They're hungry and they're humble. They're hungry and they're humble. You have a culture and environment that's healthy and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon all of us and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow us 
and then we're going to influence our family because the Spirit's right there on us. And we're going to impact our neighbors. And we're going to impact friends that God's just going to work. But it really is critical that you strive, I just use don't strive, that you embrace the right kind of leadership. So I'm going to encourage you to think about an area that you need to grow in. But I'm also going to pray for you in an area that needs to get, get be done. Is it anger? Are you breeding fear? Is it intimidation? Is it control? Where, where are you? The, are, are you so insecure that you can't let anybody else have any, I mean, any credit? What, what needs to be done? What needs to be crucified? What needs to be killed? So your influence and your leadership just gets bigger and stronger and healthier. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Prayer partners, come down front. As always, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the best day to do it. But have you picked one of these on the board? Three of you said yes. Have you picked one of these on the board? Show me your hands. You've done it. All right. All right. So here's what we want you to do. I'm going to pray for you. It's not just a principle, but I'm going to pray for the power of the Spirit to rest on you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we live today, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what is heaven's agenda? Lord, these these are my friends in this room. This is my family. I love these people. And I know there's some things in my life and in everybody's life that that need to go away. They just need to be buried, stopped, done. Shut the valve off. And so may the power of the Most High come on us and, and, and it's finished. It is finished. It is done. We're done. We're done with that attitude. We're done with that arrogance. We're done with that snarky behavior. We're done. We're just done. And Lord, just like I was standing on the bridge yesterday, just, just put that spirit on us. Just roll over us love, joy, peace. Lord, give us patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Lord, give us, give us self-control. Father, give us a vision of what greater leadership means for the kingdom, for our businesses, for our church, for our families, for our friends, for our neighbors. Holy Spirit of God, blow on.